Welcome to the Mad Hustle Podcast, the place where motivation meets inspiration. It's where hard work pays off and excuses are for people who don't want to win. If you want to learn how to sell a show in Hollywood, then buckle up, pay attention, and leave your ego outside. Now here's the host of the Mad Hustle Podcast, a 30-year Hollywood veteran that's negotiated multi-million dollar deals, whose television creations and other entertainment projects have been shown around the world, influenced millions of people for generations to come. A man who wants you to win even more than you do, Butch Hartman. Remember, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. Welcome to the Mad Hustle Podcast. Okay, we're a little bit different this week because of, I'm at, where are we, Julianne? Uh, we're in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty University. That's right. And I'm backstage right now because I'm going to go out and speak at the Sonic Con. And in fact, we got a, and Trinity, you're going to take us out there right now? Trinity, say hi. Yes, hello. <laughs> uh, you're going to be on the Mad Hustle podcast this week. So tell all your friends. Yeah. But uh, we're going to go out and speak. And um, it's just exciting because we're doing this really awesome animation festival. I get to be the keynote speaker tonight, and I'm real excited. And uh, everybody say hi. No, say hi. This is my this is my podcast. You'll be on the podcast later this week. All right, there we go. Yes, yes. So, Julianne, you're going to be in the audience while I'm speaking, right? Uh, yes, I am. I'm your biggest fan. What do we want to say to the audience this week? What are we trying to get across to them this week? That you could do anything that you want to do. That's. If you just put your mind to it. Exactly. I'm, my, my keynote speech tonight is about, it's called Vision Possible. And so uh, we can make our vision possible no matter what we do. So um, when you're... But you got to have a vision first. And so that's the thing. Sometimes we get caught up with so many different ideas. Right, right. We're like, what do I do? But you got to really get focused on what is it that you really love to do right. that you'll wake up every day and do it and not make it be like a drag or like, eh, who right. cares anymore? Right. It's got to be something really what close time to what, 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 You're right close to your heart. You're exactly right. What time do we get up this morning? 3 a.m. L.A. time to get here to Lynchburg, Virginia by 5 p.m. Yes. We're exhausted. Yes, and now you have to speak for 90 minutes. That's right, and I'm, I can't wait. I'm bringing this out on the stage with me and just let it run. I think I'm going to record the whole thing. And just like, are you guys mad hustle? You want to hear the whole thing I'm doing tonight? We yeah, just, sure just they do. Why wouldn't they? Okay, I'll just let it run. And then um, on your phone, though, guys, this is what you got to do when it comes to social media. You take video of me tonight, please, okay. just so I can put that on TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so this is going to be amazing. See, this is what happens when you mad hustle, and people think that you're just going to sit in your nice little cozy home and do nothing, and you're going to be a star overnight. Ain't going to happen. No, no. So listen, um, I'm going to uh, uh, be out there on stage, and then you're going to film me from there so we can use that social media-wise yeah. and, and create more content. Guys, it's all about creating content all the time. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait to, meet, wait to meet this audience. It's going to be so cool. Okay, so uh, we just um, uh, thank you, Jesus, that I get to go out there and have a great time, and uh, everything I say is exactly what the audience needs to hear. I want to empower people tonight. That's the whole point of this is to empower them. So let me get out there. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Butch Hartman! Wow. You guys, I'm recording my podcast, so cheer really loud. You're on my podcast. Right? Yes. yes. Oh, boy. You guys, how's it going, Liberty? How are you guys doing? Awesome. One second here.
myself, if that's okay with you guys. Because uh, tonight we're talking about uh, Vision Possible. That is my, uh, my, my, my motto. My wife and I have a real uh, passion for seeing people like you uh, get their vision started, get their visions off the ground. And I know a lot of us, maybe some of us are younger, some of us are older, younger people don't know how to get started, maybe some older people figured out how to get started, but maybe things kind of stopped because life got in the way. But how do you get your vision going? How do you get to do what you love each and every day? And um, you know, our, our motto at Vision Possible is I want to make your daydream your day job. Who wants to make their daydream their day job? I want to start off also saying I love Jesus, just saying I love Jesus. Uh, I, I tested positive for faith, so there you go. And I always say, I say, you know, my name is Butch. My real name is Elmer. My real name, my real name is Elmer, and that's a German name. I looked it up. It means please make fun of me my entire life. <laughs> Anyway, uh, real quick, I'm going through my history a little bit, and uh, you guys can kind of see where I came from and how I got to where I am. Uh, I'm, I'm a person just like you. I always wanted to draw cartoons as a kid, and I wanted to do, I wanted to be on television and all these things. I grew up, uh, let's, let's get going here. All right, so first slide, please. Uh, yeah, that's the full slide, though. We'll do the next slide. Uh, oh, my, little oh, my, this isn't working either. Oh, this should work. Okay, next slide, please. There we go. Who knows what that is? It's Michigan. I am from the state of Michigan. And, um, yes, thank you. Uh, I should have given you the Mad Hustle book. But I'm from Michigan. Uh, and I grew up in a magical era known as the 1970s. Who's ever heard of the 1970s? Uh, uh, there was no internet. And uh, we had phones where they were uh, tin cans with a string in between them. It was a magical time. Uh, uh, thank God it was on the internet when I was a kid, actually. But uh, I grew up in Michigan, and I always wanted, if I go to the next slide, please, uh, I grew up watching television a lot on TV just like that. Whoever, who can relate to this television set right here? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I watched a lot of TV, and back in the 70s, as a kid, you could only see cartoons on a Saturday morning. Can you imagine that? Only one time a week you could watch cartoons, and you had to be in front of the TV because you couldn't record them, you couldn't come back and see them at a later time, and uh, if you missed the Charlie Brown Christmas special, you missed it. You had to wait until next Christmas. It was soul-crushing if you missed the special. And so, um, anyway, I grew up uh, watching a lot of television, and um, I was really like, this is really cool, I love cartoons, and I loved to draw as a kid, and um, I knew that I was pretty good at drawing. I started drawing about age three or four, and um, I started getting attention from adults as a kid when I would draw. And uh, I thought this is really a cool way to get attention from bigger people. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I found that I had a knack for it. I really liked watching a lot of Saturday morning stuff. Here's what I used to watch. Next slide. I used to watch uh, Who Wanted to See That? Marty, what's the matter with you, Marty? <laughs> so, uh, love the Flintstones. Flintstones, Stone, you know, I'll sing this song there, the Bible's going to Should we do the whole song from the... <laughs> there, a page right out of history. I never knew that lyric until I was like 40. <laughs> but I love the Flintstones. And um, another show I watched, uh, go to the next slide, please. Speed Racer. <laughs> I didn't love him because he had a cool car. I loved him because he had red socks. <laughs> How about red? Awesome! 
Wicked Red. But I love Speed Racer, one of the first anime cartoons ever on TV. I watched it in black and white as a kid. Uh, next slide, please. Yeah. I mean, come on. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. What's Bugs Bunny saying? And that's one thing your vision should be able to do. The vision that you have inside of your heart, if you get it out into the marketplace, don't just do it to do it to make it. Sometimes we have to do things to, to make a living. Well, let's create something iconic. Because every one of us here is an influencer. Say influencer. influencer. You might be saying, I'm not an influencer. I'm on a YouTube channel. I didn't have a TikTok page. doesn't matter. You have a circle of influence around you, no matter what age you are. People are looking at you every day. And you have a chance to influence somebody's life in a positive way. So go to the next uh, slide. Johnny West. There are no words to the theme song, but you know who's cool. Oh, yeah. Who can name the dog? Bandit. Bandit. That's right. The dog's name was Bandit because he had a little mask on his face. He was so cool. So Bandit. That was one of my favorite shows too, Johnny West. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Go to the next slide, please. Oh, come on. Does whatever I That's right, that's right. Oh, stop it, stop I love this version of Spider-Man because there's no webs on his chest. It's just the webs on the head. But uh, I grew up watching this show. I mean, come on. I mean, what an amazing show to watch. Uh, and then that, that really started formulating my love for comic books. I love comic books. Who likes comic books? I love comic books because the good ones have amazing stories. They stories. Stories. Everybody here is a storyteller. Is that correct? Yeah. What are you here? Okay, go to the next slide, please. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, Robin, looks like the Joker's in town. And that, that is the most in shape Batman I've ever seen in my life. Did they succeed at everything they tried? No. All it takes is one, though. 
All it takes is one. Go to the next one. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. Steve Austin, a man barely alive. We can rebuild him. This is the original Robocop. You guys want a $6 million man? Yeah. yeah. He was out, he got in an accident, and his body was destroyed, but they rebuilt him with only $1 million. Which today we couldn't even afford like one one cell of his body for a million dollars. But still, the guy had a bionic arm, bionic legs, and he became an agent, and then instead of showing you his superpowers, he just ran in slow motion all the way. <laughs> it's called budgetary reasons. Okay, next slide, please. I mean, I love comic books. You know why? There was no internet. <laughs> comic books. Go to the next slide, please. I love DC comics. <laughs> yeah, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Justice League, Green Lantern. Go to the next slide, please. And I also love Marvel comics. <laughs> Spider-Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man. And it's so cool to see these movies now come to life in the way they should be. Are you guys ready? Yeah. When I was a kid, there was a Spider-Man TV series on. It was a live-action show with a guy in a cloth suit who never sweat. He was swinging on a web. You could tell the guy was terrified. He was like, oh! <laughs> but it was so cool. It was a guy in a Spider-Man suit. And somehow he terrified criminals in his pajamas. <laughs> All right, next. Next slide. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK, this is going to freak you out. I was in the theater when the first Star Wars movie the original OG Star Wars movie. No one knew what it was. No one knew what to expect. And I wanted to go see the Bad News Bears. <laughs> My dad's like, well, what do you want to go see? Bad News Bears or Star Wars? I'm like, Bad News Bears? It's about baseball. What's that stupid Star Wars thing? Well, I went to Star Wars. It absolutely changed my life as a kid. I started drawing R2-D2. I started drawing C-3PO. I started... Here's a great example of a kid creating an amazing character. R2-D2 doesn't even have a face. <laughs> Or a voice. And it is one of the, he's got the most one of the most personality-driven characters of all time. It shows him with great writing and great what? Vision? Say vision. vision. With a great vision, you can create anything out of almost nothing. Okay, go to the next slide, please. Then of course. Just just name it, and I was watching. If it was Disney, I was watching. And it was a, you know, I used to watch uh, the wonderful world of Disney. Go to the next slide, please. So um, what was my vision growing up as a kid? You know, when you're in Michigan, and you have a black and white TV, and it's snowing outside, and you're drawing cartoons, and you're just kind of sitting there going, you don't know what you want to do, right? How many people have ever been there? You don't know what you want to do at all? It's OK. I'm raising my hand. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment, but how do you get into the TV? You're like sitting there going, how do I get in there? I'm watching Adam 12. Remember Adam 12? One out of 12, one out of 12. <laughs> the cop show. And they were in California. And I was in the snow in Michigan going, how do I get there? How do I get to where it's warm? And so um, what was my vision? I had a vision. I wanted to be in entertainment, but I didn't know how. But then, is that going to stop you when you don't know how? No, it shouldn't stop you. I guarantee Steve, I don't think Steve Jobs knew how to invent an iPhone when he first started coming up with it. Until he invented one. Next, please. There's California. Next, please. Throw one of the gallery. So I went to California Institute of the Arts. Who's ever heard of that school? Anybody ever heard of it? Yeah, when I was in Michigan, I found that there was a magical place called California Institute of the Arts in Valencia, California, that was founded by Walt Disney. 
and I filed this information out without the internet. Because back in the day, we'd use the mail, and we'd use the newspaper, and people's voices. And we had, I had someone tell me there was a school out in California. I said, well, I sent it away for the pamphlet, got it, and I realized I had to come up with a portfolio. I had to draw, and I, what they really wanted to see was a lot of life drawing. They wanted to see a lot of animal drawing. I'm like, oh, well, I'm drawing Tom and Jerry really well. No, no, I wanted to see like whole structured drawings and things. They really encouraged me to go to the zoo and draw. So in Michigan, I went to the zoo in the snow. You could get it for free when it was winter. <laughs> I'm serious. I'd be there with my big giant coat out with a sketch pad. I was the only one in the zoo. I'd be sitting there drawing the tigers, and they'd be looking at me and like, hey, Mr. Tiger, I'd be drawing the tigers, drawing the gorillas. And at age 18, right out of high school, I got accepted to Calvin's. So now this means something very important. I grew up in Michigan, but where's the school? What does that mean I got to go do? Travel. I've got to leave something called the comfort zone. Who knows where the comfort zone is? It's very comfy in the comfort zone, isn't it? We know where all of our fun things are, all of our snacks. Our parents are paying for stuff. That's the comfort zone. You know, in the Bible, God said to Abraham, get out of your father's house and go into a land that I will show you. Abraham had two choices. I could do what God tells me to do, or I could stay in the comfort zone. Thank goodness Abraham decided to do what God told him to do. Now, back at this time, I was not a Christian. I was just a guy with a dream, right? So I went to this school, and when I got to this school, it was like going to the major leagues of baseball. I was a pretty good artist, and when I got there, I was dealing with some triple-A artists. Artists that blew me out of the water. And I could make a decision, just like Abraham. I could either get scared and go home, or I could up my game and get better at what I did. So I decided to get better at what I did, because I really wanted this dream. Do you guys really want your dream? I'm just asking you. Do you really want that dream? How hard are you willing to work for your dream? Next slide, please. So my first job, I actually were, I, I was, uh, Working at, um, uh, I was at college for three years, and each year you make a student film. At the end of the year, they show your student film. And then when my, after my uh, second year, or my third year, I did my student film, and I walked out, we have a thing called a producer show, where all the producers from Hollywood come and watch the show, and they watch all the student films. And I actually got a call from a guy at Marvel Productions. They had an animation studio in the Valley in California, right where I live. And they said, we'd love to hire you to be a character designer. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's a pretty cool offer to get, right? A character designer, if you don't know, in animation is someone who basically draws the actors in the cartoon. If the script says we need a bulldog, we need a, a horse, we need a knight in shining armor, that's what you do. So um, I'm all excited. I'm going to go do this. I'm working on my Marvel production. I get to work on Spider-Man, Captain America. This is going to be awesome. So I get there, next slide. I got to work on My Little Pony. <laughs> That was what Shredder put me on. Yep. <laughs> and this was the really bad My Little Ponies from the 80s. It wasn't the good one that's out now. But, um, so I get to Marvel Productions. I'm there. I'm, I'm hired as a character designer. My first day, they put me on storyboards. Now, if you know what a storyboard is, it's basically, um, uh, if, if, if the job of a character designer is like the number 10, uh, storyboarding is like the number 1,000. There's a thousand times more work to be done in a storyboard. I had never done a storyboard for anybody but myself. So I very quickly got fired from my job. <laughs> I couldn't do the ponies yet. Ah, <sighs> ponies. 
Bonnie's. No, but I'll tell you one thing. I learned something from that um, from that experience, and that was I had to up my skill set. I was good at one thing. I was good at drawing characters, but I had to become good at other things. And I think a lot of us have to become good at other things if we want that vision to become possible. Okay. And I'm just letting you guys know that because I think it's a very um, important thing to know that you might be good at this one thing, but what if that job isn't open? You need to become more valuable. You need to get your skill set up there and make yourself a much more valuable asset. I'm an artist, but I'm also a writer, and I'm also a voice actor, and I'm also a director, and I can also do backgrounds and all this stuff. You become a, a one man or one woman, one person show. Next slide. So my next job was I went to go work at a, uh, a company called Ruby Spears. And uh, they are the guys, Joe Ruby Ken Spears, uh, they created Scooby-Doo for Hanna-Barbera. And they were up and started their own company in the, in the late 70s. And so I got there in the 80s. And I was working on shows like the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pigs and Fang Face and Thunder the Barbarian, all those types of shows. And I really learned a lot because um, I learned how to do presentation work. You know, I was kind of funny. I know you don't believe that right now, but it's kind of funny. And um, I could tell jokes. So the boss, when he'd go to pitch in your show, he'd be like, Boys, come in here. Can you draw me up a character thing for this new show and do me some you know, fun presentation work? So I got to do that and learn what it took to pitch a show to a big company. So next slide, please. So I left Ruby Spears and I went to work at Hanna-Barbera. Yes. Now, this is the company I grew up watching as a kid. Flintstones, Johnny Quest. Um, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo, all the big shows when I was a kid made, were made by this company. Now I'm working there. And I got, now, by this time, I was a character designer and a storyboard artist, and I was a writer and all these other things. It was so cool. Um, but I was always looking for the next opportunity because if you stay stagnant too long, you're just going to, you know, shrivel up. But I didn't want to do that. Next slide. I worked on the Tom and Jerry Kids show. Hold your applause. <laughs> Uh, that was out in the early 90s, and I was a prop designer, meaning any time I cared to pick something up, I would draw, you know, Tom picks up a banana, Tom picks up a, you know, uh, uh, a broom, whatever it was, I would have to draw that stuff. Uh, next slide, I worked on the uh, Juby Master Detective show. Oh, nice. that show. Next slide, please. And I get to work on this show. They're really awesome, they're beautiful, 
but you might not see one for a very long time. So don't pass up the opportunity. I don't care how small it is. You have to work for free on something. If your dream is strong enough, you'll do it for free. And then you'll show them how awesome you are. And then they'll be able to that person's really doing it for free. That's amazing. You know, I'm like, we should be, we should be getting to pay this person, you know? Next slide. I also got to work on this show. Yeah. That's right, baby. Yeah. Hey, what's up, baby? John Emerald. Yeah. And I got to be, on this show, I got all the position I got to be a writer and a director. And um, I got to do some voices, and I was doing storyboards. I was pretty much doing every aspect of cartooning when I got to this show. It was so much fun. And on Dexter's Lab, the reason I got out of Dexter's Lab is I was in my office one day, and really, Danny Tartakovsky leaned out of the door and says, anybody down here do backgrounds? Like, a background is like, background's like just a set where the characters are, right? I said, I do backgrounds. I said, I'll do backgrounds. He goes, yeah, come on down here. I need to make these 30 backgrounds wrong of Dexter's lab. Like, he's in the lab. I'm like, great, I got it. Thank you. I walked down the hall. What does the lab look like? <laughs> so I just started doing things like, okay, lab is that like there's a monitor here, there's some buttons over here. I just worry about drawing laboratories. Just put mystery buttons everywhere. <laughs> but that was an opportunity. And I took it and I got to stay in the show. It was really, really cool. So I worked on Dexter's, worked on Johnny Bravo. This next show, go to the next show. Cow and Chicken. I got to do storyboards on Cow and Chicken. It was such a blast. This was one of the weirdest shows I've worked on, but what a fun show this was. Such a fun show. Look at the other on that cow. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, next slide. Then I went here. Now, what happened, the, the, the way this happened was I'm working on Johnny Bravo, and uh, my friend Fred Seibert gives me a call. And Fred, um, Fred uh, called me up and said, hey, I'm doing this thing over Nickelodeon. It's called the OBI Cartoon Show. I have one slot left for one short cartoon. I've got like 30 other guys, and I'd love to have you come over and do my show. And I said, can't do it. I'm on Johnny Bravo, Fred. I'm really loyal. I can't leave Johnny Bravo. They need me here, Fred. They can't. I can't leave. So um, hung up the phone. Five, six months go by. Johnny Bravo is ending. I'm losing my job. Like, Fred calls me again. Opportunity. That's opportunity not. <laughs> opportunity, and he goes, hey, I, have, I still got, got that one slot left. I'd love to have you come over here. You got anything? I'm like, I got the perfect thing. I'll see you Friday. It was great. I'll see you Friday. Get ready together. Hung up the phone. It was Tuesday. I had nothing. <laughs> nothing. I had no idea. But there was an opportunity. So I let the opportunity slide because I had nothing. No, when you have nothing, you come up with something. So I sat down at my desk. Because I had, by this time, I had a wife, and I had a little baby girl at home, named Carly, who was about uh, a year or two old, and my other daughter was just about to show up, too. So I've got people to feed now, and I'm like, all right, I really need a job, which I was ending. So I sat down, and I drew a little boy with a pink hat. And the reason the hat was pink is because I ran out of blue in my marker. <laughs> and I was going to name him Mike after I heard of Mike when we had a fight that day. So <laughs> I decided to name him after my other brother Tim. So I named him Timmy. And so I drew Timmy, and then I drew this crazy girl with swirly hair. I named her Venus, and she was magic. I thought magic's pretty cool. Uh, I was going to give him a science power, but I thought that Dexter's lab was already out, so I can't do that. So I'll do magic. Okay, give him a magic foot. I'll call her. I'll call her Venus. And then I thought she's a fairy godmother. 
and I'd never seen a fairy godfather before. So he just got a green hair, I called him Cosmo. And so before he knew it, in 15 minutes, I had Timmy, Cosmo, and I changed her name to Wanda. And I had, next slide, this year. This show came at, this, this show came right when I was ready for it. You know, George Burns, who was a very old actor, some of you might know who George Burns is, but George Burns said, what you're ready for normally shows up. It's not going to show up until you're ready. So if you're waiting for that big thing to happen, look around and see, maybe you're not ready for it yet, or get more ready for it. Because it's going to show up when you're ready. This showed up when I'd been in the industry about 15 years. I'd done everything there was to do with cartoons. I could do them with my eyes closed. And I could run a staff of people. See, people got to understand something. When your vision comes to pass, it ain't just you anymore. There'll be people helping you. Human beings who sometimes don't want to work as hard as you. You know what I mean? And you're going to have to get used to that idea where you need, you're not, I, didn't, I wasn't just a cartoonist anymore. I was a showrunner. And I had to deal with people getting work done for me. And I had to tell them what my vision was. Say vision. Because when the vision is clear, results will appear. If you have a clear vision, you can tell a room full of people what it is. And they'll go, great, God. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys used to uh, write these amazing songs. You know, God, he knows what I need. He'd go in, all of your vision would be sitting there, and Brian would play every part for them all. Okay, trumpet player, here's what you do. Guitar player, here's what you do. Yeah, but, and he'd be like, okay, and he would just play the song and be amazing. Because his vision was so clear. By the time I got to this point in my career, I had a very clear vision for this show. And this show, next slide, it ran for 18 years. And it's still running. You guys see Fairly Odd Things ever? Yeah! Yes. I think we bigger applause than Johnny Bravo was saying. You better applaud more. <laughs> but uh, this show ran for 18 years, and it was the number one show. The only show that ever beat it was SpongeBob. And I can see why. SpongeBob is a, a very powerful sponge. You love SpongeBob. <laughs> and that was so much fun. And working at Nickelodeon when, when SpongeBob was there and we were there and, and down the hall, they had Hey Arnold and you know Cat Dog was over there and Dorothy. So it was just so much fun working at, at Nickelodeon. And um, we had such a blast. And uh, well, I had to create characters like you know, Chip Scott, like, oh, Mr. Cracker, yes! <laughs> and uh, we did some live action movies, uh, actually, which is cool. I don't know if you guys know this either, but. Uh, Next summer, this coming summer, uh, there's a live-action Fairly Odd Parents show coming out on Paramount Plus. It's so exciting, and um, it's going to be great. And it's live-action with animated characters, very animated people are real, so it's going to be super, super cool. Uh, can't wait for you guys to see it. All right, next slide, please. All right, everybody, that was the Mad Hustle podcast, uh, me live at uh, Liberty University. What do you think, Julianne? You were in the audience. That was just the first section. Oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. And the, the kids, well, the kids and the adults, that were, well, they're all adults, but you know what I mean, their kids says. They had <laughs> such a good time. They were laughing so hard, and they just, and then afterward, when you were doing the, uh, you were drawing for a bunch of people, they kept coming up to us and saying, you know, it was more than just hearing about your career. It was about, you know, learning about vision and and teaching all of us that there is something greater than what we're doing right now and that we can go after it and be successful at anything we put our hands to really cool so um we're breaking up this um 
my appearance. It's like I did like 90 minutes, so we're going to break it up into several podcasts, and you can all listen to it. And we're putting the next one out next week. Is it worth listening to, do you think? Yeah, but there's even more because you're speaking today, too, twice. That's right. So, yeah, um, yeah we're doing uh, my classes, too. I'm going to record those. So, you guys, hopefully you get a lot out of that as well. All right. We'll catch you guys later on the next Mad Hustle podcast. Remember, the dream is free. But the hustle is sold separately. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mad Hustle podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and most importantly, motivated to get moving and sell your project in Hollywood. Remember to get Butch's book, Mad Hustle, on Amazon. It's a treasure trove of information about what to expect as you navigate the ins and outs of the entertainment industry. You can also find Butch on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The man likes to hustle, and if you're serious, you should too.